Almighty God, we pray tonight that you would lighten our hearts with the light of the glory of heaven that shone on those shepherds that turned their darkness into joy, joy filled with the best news anyone has ever heard. So Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I am so thrilled that we are able to gather together tonight in this place as the body of Christ because 2020 has taken so much from so many of us. Uh, 2020 took my mama. My mother didn't make it through 2020. In fact, that's how the year started for us. 2020 has taken other loved ones in our church, children and spouses. It's taken our health. It's taken some of our livelihoods. It's taken away our trust in the institutions of government and education and, yes, even the church. It's taken away the love of friends and family. It's placed us at odds with our neighbors. It has taken away our freedoms, freedoms previous generations bought at the price of their lives which makes me think of actually a Christmas carol. It began really as a poem that was written in a very similar time that seems to apply to 2020 this evening. And you know the carol. It's I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow at the height of the American Civil War in around Christmas of 1863. Christmas of 1863. I heard the bells on Christmas Day their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But what we too soon forget is that the world of the very first Christmas was a world that looked a lot more like 1863, or 2020 for that matter, than the sentimentality we associate generally with the birth of Jesus. The Roman world of that first Christmas was defined by empire, oppression, disease, death, poverty, and political and religious corruption. And it was exactly into that moment of history, a time not too different from our own day in 2020, that God broke into time and space. It was in that moment, like 1863 or 6 BC, that God chose to break into time and space. And the angels of heaven were so amazed, so excited about what happened that they got out of control. They got out of control and they ran to tell the world what God had done. I don't know if they had permission, they just couldn't contain themselves. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Then P. 
pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Mm. And that good, good news speaks louder than Caesar or poverty or oppression or abuse or hatred or the entire litany of human wickedness and perversion. And it comes ringing down the ages for us to hear again tonight. Good news. God is greater. God is greater than cancer. He's greater than the brokenness and enmity in your family. He's greater than the defining wound of your life. He's greater than 2020. Good news. And the best news is that God is even greater than death. And God's answer to 2020, and you're never going to believe this. You're never going to believe it. It's a newborn baby wrapped up in strips of cloth like a burrito <laughs> and sleeping in a feed trough. That's how God fixed it. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. See, all our deepest longings, our quest for meaning, for forgiveness, for fulfillment, for peace, for shalom, which is not just the absence of strife, but just total well-being in relationships between people and with God and with all of creation. That cannot be found. It cannot be found in Sappy Hallmark Channel sentimentality. In fact, they've just lost their ever-loving minds at the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> or in the hyped-up consumer frenzy of Amazon. Or in the tender tyranny of the nanny state. No, we are created in the very fiber of our being so that our deepest longings can only be satisfied. The only way for us to be satisfied, really satisfied, not distracted, not just ignoring the pain, not ignoring the brokenness and the sin that so easily besets us. The only thing that fills our deepest longing is union with God. It is to be united with God. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You see, Jesus is Savior. He's the Savior, but he's not just the Savior because he just saves us from our sins, which is terrific, by the way. I got a lot of saving in me that needed to happen. It's not just so we don't just die and go to hell, not just to pay up our fire insurance bill. No, he is the Savior. Here it is that will remove the barrier to God's very purpose for our creation. And that is this. God desires to be united to his human creation, and all we've ever done before the Savior comes into the world and before he came into our lives is to run away, to turn away from him. Because we just we don't feel worthy, or we're afraid he's going to take away our freedom, you know, the freedom to destroy ourselves, that freedom. We're afraid he's going to take that away from us. God desires to be 
united to his human creation. That's what we were made for. He desires to bring you and me up. This is what the Savior does. Jesus brings us up into his very life, into the very bliss, the dance, the frolic, the interpenetrating love of the Holy Trinity. That's what we were made for. And nothing else will satisfy us. There is a ginormous box, a, a present on the piano bench in, at our house. Is that for me? Hmm? See, it's not going to satisfy me. Nothing we think that will satisfy us will except for union with God, no matter what the present is under your tree. And God accomplishes that bringing us into his fellowship again in the strangest of ways. He shows us this in the strangest of ways. Here is the Christmas mystery that is open for us tonight, and it's this. Here's how he did it. A humble and lowly Jewish girl freely offers her body and blood so that the eternal, immaterial creator God of the universe might become a partaker of our human nature. God, through Mary, becomes a partaker of our human nature so that he will everlastingly and inseparably be joined to our human life. Jesus is still joined to our humanity, even now in glory, because he longs, God longs to be united with his human creation. And then the incarnate, eternal creator God of the universe sits down with his friends at a meal, and he says, this is the creator God. He sits down at the, a meal with his friends, and he says, take and eat, this is my body. Drink this, all of you, this is my blood, so that we, you and I, beloved, fallen, restored human beings, might become partakers. This is what it says, 2 Peter chapter 1. That we might become partakers of the divine nature, partakers of the divine nature, and share in the very life of God. God became human. That's what we're celebrating tonight, y'all. That's what Christmas is. God became human so that we might share in the life of God. And he didn't just do that 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. He still is doing it tonight. He still comes among us to share his life with us, and he does it right here at that table. It's amazing. How did I live so long without that? And I was a Christian, and I didn't know he was still giving himself away like that. I mean, it was great. Man, I had great quiet times, and you know, prayer life and Bible studies and worship. We just didn't do the table very often. Lutheran, you're going to say, yeah, he sounds like a Lutheran. Berthold von Schenk, Lutheran pastor Berthold von Schenk, he illustrates that when he wrote this. Listen, I love this. He says, and this is a Christmas sermon from him, it is Christmas. Have you found the way to Bethlehem? It is so important to make straight the pathway of the Lord into your hearts. That duty is now done. Now take your pilgrim staff and your gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You will not have to stop off at Jerusalem to inquire the way. The altar is your star. There you will find, there you will find Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. 
Indeed, bread of life, staff of life. You will come then as the shepherds came. You will kneel as they did in adoration. And if your vision of faith is clear enough, you will see at the altar not merely bread and wine, but the Christ child, the word made flesh. After Christmas, you will do the same as did the wise men. They went home by another way, not by way of Jerusalem. You will go another way, the way of the new life. And with the shepherds, you will also make known abroad all that you have seen and realized. The confession, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary and was made man, will be more than a vague truth. We're going to say it in just a minute. He says it's more than a vague truth, more than a historical event. Christmas will be an experience. You will truly understand the truth of the angelic words. Then shall call, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Yes, Emmanuel, God with us at the altar. Friends, tonight, this good news, Emmanuel, God with us on this altar this Christmas. Let me tell you what. In 2020, this is my only hope, is Emmanuel. God with us. That's my only hope. If this good news that we heard proclaimed tonight in the reading of Luke's gospel, in the prophecy of Isaiah, in the acclamation of St. Paul, and Titus, if all of that is not true, then I would have nothing worth living for. But thanks be to God. It's still the truest story ever told. So Christian, for unto you is offered this day on this table a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's worship him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.